Welcome to Watch This Space, the podcast about future of work. Every month, we bring you insider perspectives on how digital transformation, emerging technologies, and generational change are shaping the future of work. We are two analog guys finding the groove for all this in today's digital world. I'm John Arnold, and these trends are my focus as an independent technology analyst in my company, J. Arnold & Associates. And I'm Chris Fine. I'm an independent consultant and advisor focusing on business strategy around workplace technology, IoT, prop tech, physical security technology, and various other aspects of work and the workplace. For this month's episode, we are going to talk about what's happening in the broader space in terms of collaboration technologies in the sense that we're having a lot of adjustments to make around the impact of COVID and working from home, remote environments, etc., etc. And I, my feeling is that going into kind of the fall, the last quarter of 2020, it's interesting to note how kind of this, the rising tides have lifted almost all boats in this space for the companies that make these technologies. And I think it's worth commenting a bit on what's happening and why and what some of the drivers of that are. But also, uh, Chris, I think we should talk a little bit about what's new here in the what's in the Watch This Space podcast world that we've been creating. We are uh, in our third season now, and we have been refining our approach for quite some time. And I think the big news now is that we have made our podcasts available on uh, the cons- commercial platforms, and uh, there's going to be a wider footprint and availability of our episodes. So I think that's the big change, and uh, we've also got a website dedicated to uh, housing the uh, episodes, so it's easy to find, and you can listen to our previous episodes as well. So I think that's worth noting, Chris. We have kind of gotten to a point where we've made a lot of changes along the way, and here we are with uh, what I think we've got as a you know new and improved version of our podcast. Well, I agree, John. We've certainly tried to make a lot of steps, and we'll continue to do that. And I think you'll find out there that there's the podcasts are easier to discover. We've got some branding going around that, so uh, I, I, I feel that everyone will have a better opportunity now to take part in what we're doing. And, of course, we're always interested in your ideas for upcoming episodes. But for uh, this month's podcast, uh, September 2020, I think the focus to me should be about what we can look forward to for the rest of the year in terms of how these technologies are evolving and and really gaining acceptance in the marketplace where they're uh, creating value out there. Because a lot of these companies have been doing these things for many, many years. And I think it's fair to say that prior to COVID, um, these technologies were going okay, but collaboration tools have taken time to get adoption in the marketplace. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with the utility, the perceived value of these applications has been a little obtuse for everyday end users to kind of get their heads around. But the conditions created by the pandemic have kind of forced companies, have forced workers, employees to use these tools because it's really been the only way to get things done. Uh, I think you'd agree, Chris, uh, that we haven't really, the use cases just haven't been as compelling 
but all of a sudden this kind of huge event has come along and in a lot of ways I think these technologies for collaboration, video, file sharing, etc., etc., have kind of been in the right place at the right time. Well, I agree. I agree, John. I think they've been improving for the last few years to the point quietly where they really, the technologies and the companies, the particular products, got to be good enough so that they could really sustain a collaboration session with participants all over the place and share screen sharing that really worked and, you know, co-input and things like that. But as long as you had everybody physically at the office, uh, there you think about that as a, there was a large portion of the interaction and collaboration that not only was in person, but the growth of open offices and more flat organizations and uh, more the tech startup instant uh, instant meeting type of culture had had made it so that people could just meet in person. Now, when all that was taken away, you didn't want to really change the culture, but you needed a tool or tools that would allow you to continue your business. So, you know, you can imagine that there was just a large amount of minutes or whatever your measure and, you know, minutes times users uh, times a, a level of service that just would contribute to a lot of growth but the question is, you know, once every, once that the people feel that it is actually safe to go back, does this continue? Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and by the way, for listeners who are new to our podcast, and that's part of the big change that we, we have here at Watch This Space going into the fall, uh, we're going to be reaching people who don't uh, necessarily know us, our work here, Chris and I, as well as the technologies uh, that we're living with every day. And so when we talk, just to set the table a bit for especially new listeners, you know, when we talk about collaboration, we're talking about the integration of the everyday tools we use to get work done, voice, text, email, conferencing, file sharing, believe it or not, even fax. And then there's advanced things that go with that. But to Chris's point, you know, earlier, right, when we did meet more in person, there wasn't as much of a need to use, you know, digital tools. But also, we've been using these tools for a long time. We've always had email. We've always had conference calls. We've always had, you know, text forms, audio forms, etc., etc. So there isn't really anything new in terms of the actual applications. But what is new is having a platform that brings them all together in one place. And there's a lot of utility there. But it's a new way of doing things because what we've been always doing is we do email over here, we make a phone call over there. They're kind of islands of communication. They're not integrated. And the value that communicate collaboration platforms bring is to have a common interface for that where the experience is the same whether you're at your desk, whether you're on your mobile phone, whether you're at home, whether you're in the office. And that does kind of bring a new utility to the workplace and that's what makes collaboration really go and the whole COVID thing has just really accelerated the need for that now that everyone's kind of pushed out from the office into their home and remote spaces all of a sudden now you're just free-floating employees and no way to connect now you need those tools more than ever right right and I think to your point about new listeners uh, one thing we always do try to say also is that we're aware we're just talking about a slice of the workforce. And we know it's the office workforce, 
and it's not a lot of folks who don't have the choice of using these kinds of technologies. We're just saying that within the addressable market of these technologies, uh, there's been a, a big increase in use. However, you know, it's also worth saying that when you look at programs like Zoom, in particular, but not only Zoom, uh, Skype, and other sort of free collaboration programs. There's been a huge increase in personal use of these as people can't go visit their relatives or their friends as much. There's been a big uptick in, oh, well, I'll just get a Zoom thing together, or I'll reconnect with this old friend on one of these platforms, which are somewhat more interactive than than just talk, calling somebody on the on the phone. And so there's been a big personal upswing in these, in, for some of these companies too. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, coming back to this right place, right time thing, um, you know, our sector, you know, when I talk our sector, it's, you know, the, the communications technologies companies that we are, you know, I, I like to say, Chris, we are analog guys. We come from the kind of pre-internet world and we see things probably a little differently than digital natives would in terms of how these technologies got to where we are. And this industry, as we know, has been dominated for so long by, you know, what I would call the incumbents, you know, the Avias and Cisco's and really the Microsoft's of the world that have really largely, this came out of the telephony space and now these companies have, you know, moved along and away from just telephony to this unified communications and now a collaboration story. But those companies are still in the game. Uh, obviously, you know, Cisco is a, the household names that we all know. Um, Cisco has been doing okay, but this is one only one line of business for them. But, you know, Microsoft, this is a big piece for them getting into the enterprise market. That I mean, all of a sudden, Microsoft has become a strong growth story in terms of its stock performance. Um, Avaya has gone through its ups and downs, and I think it's a good indication that when Avaya is performing well, its stock is about as high as it's ever been, and it's actually just coming off a very strong uh, uh, quarterly report. Um, when they're showing that they can make money and kind of do the turnarounds that they've had to go through, I think that's a very strong validation that when even they are doing as well as they are, this space has got a lot of buoyancy to it. And I think it reflects a lot of things. And it's not just collaboration, but in the technology world, Chris, I think you'd agree, a lot of this is about migrating to cloud-based platforms and validating you know, the SaaS model that has this you know completely displaced most of the legacy business which was always hardware based right well, i agree that's a very important factor john i mean it's it's actually as we know pretty complicated to set up an in-house collaboration platform when you have to manage all the servers and everything else versus outsourcing some of this to a service and um I was also going to mention that in offices, one, I, something that I think is helping to drive some of this growth is that when people, with people working in more informal environments, and this was starting before COVID with co-working and flex space, the, lot, the, the willingness of, if you want to call it the IT folks at these places, and certainly your IT environment at home, to uh, support various types of tools without individually approving them or worrying quite so much about their effect on the local network means that you can use a lot of these cloud tools without getting blocked. And 
it had taken corporations and especially in more sensitive sectors a good bit of time to get comfortable and upgrade their very complicated network and security structure internally to support, for example, full use of on-screen tools for real-time, especially video, whereas in a world that goes around with laptops and is using local Wi-Fi at home or in a collaborative space, there's usually not a restriction on that. And so I think it's, it's been the more open type of environment as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, with our Watch This Space theme, especially centered on future of work, what I find really interesting is that much of what we're seeing in this pandemic environment is probably going to stick. I, I think we agree, we've talked about this in previous episodes, that uh, even when people are given the option of going back to work, a lot of people are kind of liking being at home and missing, you know, they don't miss the commute. They like the family, home time, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you, you, you look at, uh, you know, the impact, obviously, again, when you look bigger picture, you know, say, you know, leisure wear sales are way up. You know, sale of suits is way down. I mean, th- this future of work thing is much more than just technology, right? It's, it's impacting everything about when, where we do things, how we do things, when we do things. So, we, you know, we try as in, our, in our perspectives, Chris, right, we go beyond just, well, yeah, the technology is interesting and it's changing things, but there's bigger trends happening here as well, all right? Absolutely agreed. I guess when I envision John coming back to the office, I can't imagine it really stays the same as it was. I I think that that there's going to be more use of collaborative technology because you're even if you're talking to people in various offices, uh, which is very common, why would you go back to a traditional teleconference when you could use interactive screen sharing and all the other tools of collaboration? And you've gotten used to doing it over a period of months, and now the technology is so easy to use. It's It's not... The, what I think is going to be interesting is what the audiovisual technology people and corporate real estate and IT and other groups that are involved are going to have to do to refit offices or upgrade the AV in offices to be uh, more user-friendly using the new technology. Uh, because I think we, even when people get back, it's, it's going to, this technology is going to dominate all communication that is not literally in person, like in the same room. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, how is the workplace going to evolve? Well, it has huge implications for IT as we know it, because historically, right, they have kind of held the levers of power, but that has long since shifted to, you know, what is now a very user-centric environment where if you don't like what IT is giving you, I'll just find it on the cloud somewhere else and I'll do my own thing. And now, because as you say, the ease of use is a big reason why this technology is really you know, hitting critical mass now and I don't see any end in sight. The companies, the vendors, the service providers who can bring that ease of use experience for deployment for IT in their organization, but also amongst end users as you and I use the tools to get our work done. Those are going to be the winners, right? Um, you know, no one, I think, took companies like Slack or Twilio terribly seriously. I think when they came out, they seemed like kind of niche companies. 
But, you know, you don't have to look far to see how, you know, they've all become stock market darlings. These new companies that have kind of come out of nowhere, very disruptive, but they've got the staying power. And these are the real growth stories that are happening, certainly in the, in the financial markets. But also, you know, you look at Apple. I mean, how many times have they been kind of back from the dead, so to speak? But what do they add, like another trillion in value in like just a couple of years? I mean, again, the companies that master the technology make it easy to use. This is why Amazon and Google, right, have become players in this space because they know all about ease of use. And by translating it into the workplace, they're going to get their share of business, right? Well, arguably more than their share. I mean, there is some, there is some concern about the consolidation of power, which personally I think is somewhat merited. But uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you can address, if you can really nail a tech market now, that's a very big market. If you can capture a segment, uh, if you can outsource or displace or scale something using cloud technology and a common platform, you know, that's a huge opportunity, uh, whether you're a small or a large company. Yeah, and consolidate. Oh, you know, consolidation of, of power is definitely a topic. Yeah, that that that's another episode for sure. I'm I'm totally with you on that one, but um, I think the plus that can come out of this, and I know this is a sub theme we try to work into our discussions here about future of work. As you said at the top, Chris, this only affects a certain kind of different segments of the workplace, but there are plenty of segments that don't need these technologies in the way that people use them in the office. And I think kind of thinking ahead to where the next waves of value are going to be and innovation is going to be are the companies that can kind of extend these value propositions to these other, you know, environments, you know, obviously like in, 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 in hospitals where, you know, people have to be working in person all the time, right? There are so many environments. So this is going to speak probably more to the mobile device marketplace the, the the ultimate device may not even have been invented yet that will speak to that you know when you look at what amazon does with their uh you know with their with their echo product on the you know the the, the alexa service on the desk well that's just one of many many wearables that they've got in the marketplace i mean you can have alexa access from a ring on your finger from your glasses that whole area of wearable technology i think is going to be a an important part of that story going forward to make these really cool technologies accessible and meaningful to these other use cases, right? It could extend into education, all kinds of marketplaces outside that environment for the uh, office. Well, I agree with you. I actually think there's a lot of socially conscious ways to extend this. I, I mean, you mentioned healthcare. Y you can imagine if telemedicine improved to the point where you had a, you had better sensors, for example. So um, I'll take a very simple uh, example. So one of the most basic devices that you can order, and they're all, the companies that make these are also doing extremely well, is a, a pulse oximeter, right? The little clip that puts on the end of your finger. Now it turns out that blood oxygen, which is what that measures, or saturation, is a symptom of many things. It's a really important measurement. It's the first thing they put on you when you get in the hospital. And imagine if all of that were hooked up to a collaboration platform, and, it, and then you take that and you add blood pressure, you add um, a multi-purpose sensors, you know, fever thermometers, all of this, and basically you could get uh, medicine remotely that was effective, 
right? Because they were actually getting a feed of, of, of certain key uh, vitals. And uh, that, when you think of the number of areas in North America and the rest of the world that are really underserved, and this technology is very becomes very inexpensive and easy to reproduce. And you men, you know you mentioned things like five G networks and improved cellular. There's cellular everywhere. You don't even need five G for a lot of this. Everybody has a phone. It's a it's a phone app. These are Bluetooth device Bluetooth devices. You take this these technologies that we talk about in kind of a narrow corporate land, not so narrow. Obviously, it's a huge market, but we look at that that, but it could be extended in a lot of other directions as well. Great stopping point, Chris. Every week we'll try to end this with some takeaways for our, our listeners, and uh, hopefully that'll be useful to you. Give us feedback and tell us if, if, we're, uh, if, we're, if, we're, if these are useful to you or not. Um, we always welcome to hear from you. Our, takeaway, our first takeaway from this week, and then I'll let John add a second one, is that we do not see the market for collaboration technologies, which has been growing very, very quickly and strongly uh, during the recent months of the uh, pandemic. We don't see that reducing when the pandemic is over. We see this as a permanent change in the way interactions are conducted. And I would like to add to that the momentum we're seeing from these companies, I believe, will continue. There will probably be more consolidation. For example, there's been some pretty important acquisitions this year already with, for example, BlueJeans, a video company being acquired by Verizon for quite a lot of money. Um, I think all the players are looking for ways to own every part of the collaboration stack. That's going to be very difficult. But I think in terms of the takeaway here, I mentioned earlier, there, you know, IT is going to have to up their game somehow, some way to stay on top of these technologies because this whole SaaS space is moving quickly. And I guess the takeaway add-on to that is that we haven't even touched on AI, which is really a big driver for the next waves of innovation. Right now we're seeing kind of horizontal improvements in these technologies, but AI is going to bring very granular improvements, which means, as Chris you know, we, we talked about maybe healthcare applications. We're going to see lots of very specialized and niche possibilities. So if you feel you're missing out on the collaboration innovation right now, don't worry. There'll be plenty more coming in, in, over the next year or two for sure. So anything that you can imagine that could be done better with these technologies, it's in the pipeline somewhere. So there's lots more to come. This, this We're still in the early stages of where this capability can take us and make remote work and, and all forms of, of, of workplace engagement uh, better and more collaborative. So in other words, watch this space, right, John? I mean, it sounds like we have a whole bunch of topics queued up to talk about in future episodes, and we'll look forward to that. Totally agree, Chris. Totally agree. For today, that brings us to the end of our time for this episode. So we'd like to thank you all for listening out there. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and that you'll continue with us as we explore the future of work here on Watch This Space. So you can access all of our episodes at www.watchthisspace.tech or wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. I'm John Arnold. And I'm Chris Fine. And we'll be back next month with another episode. Thanks again for listening.